0: Welcome back to another episode of the Stock Showdown, uh, i your host, William Anderson. I have a special guest here with us this morning, this is Mark Cricket, uh, if I'm saying that right Mark, you can correct me if I'm not, I butcher a lot of names here in the high school, uh, I'm a sports broadcaster here for the high school football team, so I, uh, I butcher a lot of names so I apologize in advance, i butchering that last name, I also apologize in advance right here for the school bell that's ringing, we are coming live from my classroom here at Sparta High School. But uh, thank you, Mark, for, uh, again, accommodating my schedule. Uh, I do appreciate that. But a little bit of background on our esteemed guest here, Mark, uh, for this morning is I love the intro here. So, I, you know, I find it like I need to read it verbatim because it makes so much sense. Is building cash flow and having quality time with your loved ones can be a struggle. Real estate investment and financial freedom feel like the quote-unquote someday goals, uh, but with a little understanding of how the financial system works, even first-time home buyers can be on their way to big profits in less time through Airbnb rentals. I mean, if that's not an elevator pitch, then I don't know what is, but that was a <laughs> fantastic <laughs> intro for our guest, Mark Criquet, who's going to now educate us on how, like... Even you, the high school audience, how you can get started um, at such a young age on on taking advantage of the untapped resource of the Airbnb market. So without further ado, Mark Criquet, everybody, thank you.
1: Thank you very much, William. I guess uh, class is in session.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. So listen (laughs) up. Here we go, our esteemed guest. Mark, how did you... Again, how did you get into the business? And, and uh, tell us again where you, your backstory, where you came from, and, and then how you eventually got into uh, what you do today, which is maximizing your cash flow through Airbnb rentals.
1: For sure, thanks for having me on, William. So I should uh, preface this by saying that um, this is a family uh, business. My wife and I—we've—it's uh, a joint venture, and uh, you know I'm on here today, but uh, I have to give her a lot of credit. So, um, I guess it kind of started when we got married, uh, 20, I should know this 2013 (laughs) and, uh, we bought a house, um, and I wanted to make sure we had a house with a basement apartment. So we're up in Canada where uh, basements are very common. Um, not necessarily so for all of your audience, but, uh, a common thing in our city was to have a basement apartment and rent it out. So I thought, you know what, we should do that to, um, Yeah, just to get a little bit of cash flow, help pay the mortgage and so forth. And uh, so we did that for a while just with regular long-term rent. Uh, We discovered Airbnb because we love traveling. Uh, Coming back from a trip, um, we had had mixed success with long-term rental uh, of our basement unit. So I said, hey, let's, why don't we try Airbnb? So uh, yeah, without doing any research or anything, we just, we started. That was, I think, 2014. And um, that just little one-bedroom apartment, which actually I'm in right now, has been uh, an incredible moneymaker for us. So we don't rent it out anymore because our family's grown. Uh, we got four young children at home, which uh, I think is familiar to you as well. <laughs> so, yeah, we needed the room. <clears throat> excuse me, needed the room and uh, also nice to have extra space for family visiting. But uh, eventually we, um, we were able to purchase another house in our uh, crazy uh, housing market up here near Toronto and um, we Airbnb'd that as well. So we duplexed that house, so basement, apartment, main floor. Um, and yeah, so just over the years we developed a lot of expertise uh, with Airbnb and then eventually uh, kind of stumbled onto midterm rentals, which is uh, the book that we have out is, is sort of about midterm rentals. So midterm would be a rental of longer than 30 days, but less than a year. And uh, it's a relatively untapped market. I'm starting to see more people talk about it now, which is great. Um, but we wanted to, yeah, just put a little bit of information out there. We're not, uh, you know, veteran real estate investors with a massive portfolio. But I thought uh, that would be good for us sort of on our level to talk to novice investors, uh, maybe other couples who are looking at doing the same kind of journey uh, to say that, yeah, it is possible. You can start with, uh, you know, it helps if you have a house, you don't necessarily need to, but you can start house hacking and kind of build your way up from there. And uh, that's, yeah, that's the premise of our book and our story and uh, something that we talk to a lot of other couples about as well.
0: Fantastic. So the the book, if I <clears throat> if I may, the book is "You, Me, and Airbnb: The Savvy Couples' Guide to Turning Midterm Rentals into Big Time Profits." Yes,
1: that's correct.
0: And where can we find the book, Mark?
1: So the book is available um, on Amazon. So, ebook or paperback, and also you know Barnes and Nobles uh, down your neck of the woods, Chapters Indigo up in Canada, and there's a few other uh, online outlets as well. The usual suspects.
0: Um, and when do we launch? When when did the book launch? Excuse
1: me. Uh, last week, uh, the eleventh, I believe.
0: Okay. okay. And uh, how are uh, immediate uh, returns? Any any good feedback thus far?
1: Uh, so the first batch would have just shipped. Uh, I got notifications from people on Saturday. People started getting the book. Uh, so, yeah, we're just waiting for some reviews to come in. I mean, initial feedback is good, but uh, it's nice to see reviews uh, actually out there.
0: Excellent, excellent. Looking forward to it. Uh, so the midterm rental um, or just rentals in general, uh, given the economic you know, climate right now, Uh, with like you said the crazy housing market in Toronto Uh, I live in New Jersey which is well the area that I live in uh, in New Jersey is about an hour or so uh, west of Manhattan Um, has been a pretty robust uh, housing market over the last uh, two years Uh, do you feel like it has priced a lot of people out of the market to try and take advantage of doing Airbnb rentals uh, for maybe again first time home buyers or Again, people that are trying to look to move up in the market. What, what, what trends have you seen over the last two years?
1: Yeah, so we've definitely seen uh, people being priced out of the market, especially first-time homebuyers. Um, so, you know, we talk about that in the book. There's a few strategies to look at. Um, right now, especially, you know, again, our area, and I think this will, uh, I'm seeing it in the States as well a little bit, that home prices are dropping uh, fairly, fairly drastically. We've had probably a 30% drop in our um, our area. Now that's come from, um, sorry, my phone ring in there. That's come from you know some massive, massive increases. So it's we're still up, you know, year over year, two years over two years. We're still um, we're still well up. It was a robust market before, but uh, the point is uh, there may be some opportunities now for folks to get into the market, um, into the housing market, uh, if they can. And yeah, it's, it's still hard as a young single person, but as a couple, um, I know a number of couples that were still able to, uh, you know, work, save up the down payment, um, especially first time home buyers, right? In, in Canada, you're typically looking at a 5% down payment. I know in the States you can do maybe a 3% FHA or sometimes 0% if you got some, um, some other incentives. So Uh, It's possible it may not be in the area that you want, right? So we have uh, my, my sister's brother, brother brother-in-law, I guess, easier way to say that. Um, They were kind of priced out of the market here as well. So they bought something back in their hometown in uh, Manitoba. So much cheaper, but it's worked out well for them. They were able to rent it out for a while. They ended up moving. Um, So yeah, they sold that house, made a little bit of a profit, moved into a bigger house. So they've got a nice place for themselves. Uh, again, with the basement apartment, they can rent out. So it's not always what you want, but uh, you got to look at the long-term goals and uh, kind of go do what you can, like, like in m- much of life, I suppose.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, some valuable insight. I think you know, like some of my students will even say, like, I can't afford a place like this. I mean, the, the, the market's crazy, and they're absolutely right. Uh, but I think, like you said, we're starting to see is 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 a correction some sort. Um, I do again don't know what the Canadian uh, National Bank is doing, but I know that our Federal Reserve and our National Bank is continuing to hike interest rates at at a a drastic pace to try and cool inflation, which I got to believe every central bank across the across the world is doing the exact same thing. Um, When do you see, I guess the rise in interest rates um, starting to subside where again now we can, can start to see a little bit more stability because for the last two years, it's had this rapid, rapid increase, and then we're starting to see these drastic declines. Where it's, it's just so volatile. Where do you see, it, and maybe how often, or uh, how long down the road, can you see some sort of more, more stability in the housing market? Because over the last three years or so, or two, you know, two and a half years, it's been out of control.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to make predictions. Um, I am a, a sort of a macro enthusiast, so. I try to follow a lot of the larger trend lines and um, I think the best analog for what we're going through now is the forties. A lot of people talk about the 1970s with high interest rates, but if you look at the forties, then we had a much higher uh, debt to GDP after the second world war, um, which is a better comparison to where we are now. And what we saw in the forties was, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, right? Overall, you know, inflation was up. Um, But we had periods of high inflation, periods of disinflation, and that worked well for the government because like now they have high debt loads. Uh, They were able to reduce debt loads like uh, immensely, right? In in nominal terms, they stayed the same, but in relative terms to GDP, they were um, uh, decreased uh, immensely. So, you know, what do I see? I see a lot of instability for the next year anyways, it's possible that the Fed uh, raises rates until something breaks, right? That's one theory that something breaks and then they're able to go back to QE, um, as, as an excuse. And as far as, um, yeah, the bank of Canada, we're like, it's like the little brother to the fed, right? Pretty much whatever the fed does, uh, is what the bank of Canada does. Not because we're so subservient, but our economy is so tied to the U S biggest trading partner that, um, you know, there there's, there's a difference like Housing is a huge part of our market, like up to 40% of our um, GDP housing and related activities, which is crazy if you think about it, right? But that's led to, um, you know, the commoditization of housing, housing as an asset class, which is happening in the States, but not to the same extent as here. So um, it's going to be tough and, you know, I, like I believe in real estate as an asset, as an income producing thing, because people will always need it. So you know, if I had to give advice, I'd say get in when you can. Trying to time the market, pretty tough. Right now, interest rates are up, prices are down. So, you know, take your pick.
0: So, yeah, I, um, I, I couldn't agree more with you as far as I love the, the macroeconomic uh, tie ins. I just got done teaching a section on macroeconomics. So, hearing again those buzzwords of GDP and debt to GDP ratios. That definitely helps solidify that what I'm teaching does like exist outside of like textbooks in the classroom. Like these are real concepts that investors like yourself pay attention to and are important to be cognizant and aware of. So thank you uh, for giving me that affirmation there. Um, (laughs) sometimes I just feel like I'm beating my head against the wall like these concepts, you know. But they did, yeah. Again, people pay attention to them and they they are helpful. So. The, uh, and I think you said it really good at the end. There is advice. Um, this kind of uh, ties me into the very end of most of my uh, most of my interviews. Is what kind of advice do you have to high schoolers growing right go, growing up in this day and age right now in this in this economic climate? Um, and you had said like you know get in when you can. Um, do you have any other further advice for again you know these high schoolers that are you know 14 through 18 years old right now? And uh, some of them are going to be you know in the market you know, a year from now, two years from now, some maybe not for another five years or so. Do you have any advice for these kids growing up right now?
1: Uh, my advice would be work on yourself and your skills. Um, because it, like, that's one thing I've learned, uh, through, di- you know, having different businesses and different jobs <laughs> is that, um, the only thing you can really rely on is your own skill set, right? If life knocks you down, like lots of entrepreneurs have said this, and this is the difference between generally successful entrepreneurs and people. Um, and I'm talking financially successful, right? It's not everything in life, but we're, we're talking about finance. So we'll kind of keep it to that. So people who aren't necessarily uh, financially free um, is that ability to, um, to start from zero wherever you are and build something up. So work on those skills now when you can. So that could mean uh, find a mentor, right? Mentors are, are very important, especially at that age, um, and someone who just values the uh, the importance of good work and education. Um, I used to be a big believer in our education system, not as much anymore. I'm you know a little jaded when you know I I, I did go to university and it was great for critical thinking. I think that's much less a part of uh, post-secondary education now. And having worked in, you know, as a um, blue-collar person as well, um, you know, if you can find a skill, like a blue-collar skill, like be a plumber, electrician, those things are always in demand. And uh, it's it's nothing to look down on. I know a lot of successful, probably more people who are successful from a blue-collar standpoint having started their own business as opposed to the white-collar or, you know, being an influencer or something like that so um not necessarily something you know specific advice like do this investment strategy but just work on your own skills so that you have the ability wherever you are to to have an entrepreneurial mindset and to uh, to thrive because again i i think we're in for a lot of instability over the next year couple of years and um, I don't know if you've, you've read The Fourth Turning or if you're uh, kind of into that sort of thing, but they talk about cycles and uh, it seems like we're at the end of a cycle. We're certainly at the end of a debt super cycle and that usually um, precedes uh, societal change as well. So I think we're in a time of economic and societal upheaval. So build some skills that you can um, be successful and you can be someone that others can depend on as well.
0: <laughs> fold. Uh, you know, I used to work at a technical school before I came to the, the public school here, and I always, I was always fascinated with the skill set that um, these kids as high school kids, you know, were, were willing to embark upon, whether that be, you know, culinary or automotive or Cosmo or electrical or welding, you know, th- those kids then would take my intro to business elective course because, yeah, they got the skill set with some of those aforementioned uh, career paths, but they wanted to learn, you know, like, how do I run my own business? Like I don't want to, you know, rely upon somebody else's business to you know put food on the table. Let me be, you know, the, the master of my own destiny. So I think that's awesome. And I, I really try to promote entrepreneurship. I even promote it to my own my own children is like find something you're good at and find how to make money with that skill. Um, and you know, try to put my money where my mouth is as well on my own my own personal level. But my advice to, to my own audience would be start while you're young um, because it becomes that much harder when you, you know, have other people relying upon you. Uh, so if I had any advice to the 18-year-old self, <laughs> I would say, uh, <laughs> like, pursue it now while, while you have less and less commitments. So, um, thank you very much, Mark, for all the, the valuable insight. Again, check out the book. Uh, it's out on Amazon right now. <clears throat> and the name, again, of the book is You, Me, and Airbnb, the savvy's couple guides turning midterm rentals into big time profits. Again, can be found on Amazon. Uh, we appreciate Mark's time this afternoon. Any final parting words here, Mark?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> no, I wasn't prepared for this, but um,
0: final pitch. How about going to a pitch? Pitch the put pitch the book in, in thirty seconds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For sure. So we're we're a normal couple. We're not uh, anything special. We're not uh, we're not financially free yet, but we are well on the path, and that's been through uh, real estate. So um, you know, I believe in building your skill set, but also uh, real estate. I think will be an important, um, yeah, an important investment. The best investment that the average person can make. Um, so if you can get in, get in, and then uh, we also talk about midterm rentals, a new market segment that uh, is certainly worthy of uh, whether you're new or experienced, uh, have a look at midterm rentals. It could be a game changer for you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Sorry to put you on the spot there on that last, uh, last second. <laughs> uh, thank you everybody for, uh, for listening to the Stock Showdown Podcast with Mark Friquet and your host, yours truly, Mr. William Anderson. So thank you for listening and God bless.